Welcome to Happiness and Inside Job. This is episode 80, Breaking the Cycle of Pornography, and I'm your host, Connie Ackeson. Happiness and Inside Job is the go-to resource for Christian parents wanting to effectively communicate with teenage and young adult children using powerful life coaching skills. What if I told you your children don't need to change anything in order for you to have a fulfilling relationship with them? You can change everything about your relationship with others by merely changing the way you think about them. Imagine the power you find when you stop depending on others for change and you create the change. Suddenly, you stop being the victim and you become the hero of your life. I sat down at my kitchen desk and opened up my laptop. My plan was to quickly check my emails and move on with the day. Little did I know what I was about to find would change my life forever. The webpage, which was now staring me in the face, was not one I had ever seen before, even though this was my personal laptop computer. My husband and I had followed all of the rules. We had done everything everybody told us to do to keep our kids safe. We had the family computer in the kitchen in a very open space for the kids to use. We intentionally didn't have any computers in the kids' bedrooms because we didn't want them searching for things in secret. We wanted everything out in the open. On this particular day, there had been lots of kids in our house. When our kids came home from school, not only did they come home with stories to tell, but they brought friends with them. The house was full of laughter and fun and stories for about a half an hour, and then everybody scattered and went their own ways. And it was just me staring at my computer. I didn't know what exactly I was looking at, but I just had that pit in my stomach that something wasn't right. And I knew this page I was looking at was not mine. And what I uncovered was a deep-rooted pornography problem. This was not the result of a day of curiosity. This was the product of years and years of cultivating this addiction. And this kid needed help. This kid believed they could conquer this problem on their own. They recognized it as a problem. They recognized that they didn't feel good. They didn't feel happy. They didn't feel fulfilled when they were exploring the world of pornography. They felt dark. They felt horrible. And they, they hid it. They hid it and got really, really good at hiding it. My friends, that is exactly Satan's breeding ground. He loves secrecy, he loves guilt, and he loves shame. Because whatever our addictions are, whatever our sin of choices, as long as he can keep us hiding it and feeling guilt and shame, we're putty in his hands. This incident occurred long before my formal life coach training began, and it was exactly the right time for this kid and for me. This kid ended up coming to me to ask me for help in helping them work through this. It was something they had tried to change on their own. It was something they wanted to change. Therefore, it was the perfect time 
to make a plan and put it into action. And little did I know at the time, this would be the first of many people coming to me for help breaking this cycle of pornography. Now, pornography addictions are held by men and women alike. It is not a male addiction. And whether you're a male or a female with addiction, young or old, there is a way out. Just like any other addiction, like alcohol or drugs or overeating, there most definitely is a way out. And the first step, my friends, is to desire to make a change. The minute you have the tiniest spark that you want to make a change in your life, that is the time to jump on it. Now, your conviction to stick with a goal is only as strong as your driving why. Why is it that you want to make a change? The truth is there are lots of people that are alcoholics. There are lots of people that have a porn addiction, and they don't find it a problem. True story, my friends. There was a boy in a local high school, and he didn't have religious convictions against premarital sex, and he was dating a girl in high school, and he was getting ready to take that next step. He wanted to become sexually active with her. And he talked to a few friends and told a bunch of people who told a bunch of people they were getting really close to taking the next step to having sex. So people would ask him from time to time, how's that going? Have you sealed the deal yet? Give me the details. The truth is, on the night this couple decided to seal the deal and take their relationship to the next level, he had to call for a timeout mid-act. And he said to the girl, do you have a computer? I need to just look some stuff up really fast. This boy had masturbated so many times to porn that that is the way his brain was wired to orgasm, was by looking at the porn. And so when he was in a real life situation with a real woman who he actually really adored and loved, he wasn't able to make it happen. His body was now completely dependent upon the porn. And it was the result of years and years of programming. The good news here is that brains can be rewired again. And it's important to remember that the wiring that occurs because of an addiction has occurred over years. Habits are simply memorized models. They're thoughts, feelings, and actions that we repeat over and over and over until they become so well memorized, so fluid in our minds that they happen almost unconsciously. So when we realize we want to change an action, the first place we need to go is our thought. What thought is creating a feeling. Maybe it's a feeling of desire. Maybe it's a feeling for, of connection. Whatever it is, start by taking the time to get really clear on what the thought is that creates a feeling that's driving the action. Pornography, masturbation, that's all in your A-line, my friends. That's an action. It's a symptom of the real problem, which is your thinking. So if our thinking isn't working, that's what we fit, need to fix first. The boy in high school, what he really wanted, the result he really wanted in his life was a physical connection with the girl he loved. And what he had was a counterfeit connection with a fake world. Because of the extremely addictive 
nature of pornography, I find it essential for my clients to have an accountability partner. They need to have a solid plan of what the result is they want in their life, how they're going to be thinking when that is their reality, how they will feel, and then the A-line or what they're going to do comes naturally. Many times it involves an accountability partner. Definitely involves speaking openly about urges and desires and occasional slip-ups. And it's important for the accountability partner to not introduce drama and instead to see a slip up for what it is. It's a circumstance. It's completely neutral. Pornography does not define the user of it. It is one aspect about them, probably the trickiest and biggest struggle in their life. But it doesn't define who you are. It defines one aspect of what you're working on. As parents, when your kids come to you and talk about pornography, it's very important to not introduce a lot of drama and to be very calm, cool, and collected about it. When parents freak out and start screaming and yelling, what this does is continue the cycle of shame. And then the pornography user doesn't want to talk about it. As parents, I don't believe the question we should be asking our children is, have you ever seen porn? I believe the question we should be asking ourselves or asking our children is, when is the last time you saw porn? Talk about it openly. Have a discussion about it. The truth is we will all be exposed to porn in our lifetime, no matter how careful we are. My husband and I, we thought we were doing everything right. We had our computer that the children used in the main room, in the kitchen, the most highly trafficked area in the house. And even then, when my daughter was doing her fifth grade state report, she needed to do a one-page paper on somebody famous from her state. Her state was California, and at the time, the governor was Arnold Schwarzenegger. I thought, oh, he would be a fun person to do a report on. Certainly there's lots of information about Arnold Schwarzenegger, the actor. Little did I know, Arnold Schwarzenegger was also a porn star. When my daughter was researching her famous person, she stumbled across a pictorial timeline of his life that included Arnold Schwarzenegger in all his glory. She reacted exactly the way I hoped she would and she slammed that laptop shut. Truth was, inside that laptop, that image was still the first thing that popped up on the computer when it was opened, and somebody had to get rid of it. So not only did my fifth grade daughter see it, so did I. And that is an image neither one of us can unsee. What we can do, however, is talk about how did we feel when we saw it? What could we do differently next time? Is there anything I could have done to prevent the situation? The facts are the porn industry is highly funded. It creeps up in the sneakiest places. It is hard to predict or outthink the porn industry. So I believe the biggest thing we can do to break this cycle is to talk openly about it. Seeing something on accident doesn't make you a bad person. Let's talk about it. Let's brainstorm. Let's come up with ideas together. I want a plan that's so fluid in my head 
that when pornography creeps up on me, I know exactly how I'm going to respond. And I want my kids to be in that same situation. And I want them to come tell me about it afterwards. Let's start seeing porn for what it is. It's an addiction. And addictions can be reversed with commitment and a plan. By far, my favorite movie about addiction is Confessions of a Chopaholic. In the beginning of the movie, her credit card is way more valuable to her than having a boyfriend. In fact, she's quoted as saying, a man will never love you or treat you as well as a store. If a man doesn't fit, you can't exchange him seven days later for a gorgeous cashmere sweater. And a store always smells good. A store can awaken a lust for things you never even knew you needed. And when your fingers first grasp those shiny new bags, she goes on and on. I think it's safe to assume this shopping addiction that she had was very well rehearsed. Like any other addict, during the movie, she paid a high price for her addiction. She lost the man of her dreams. She lost her best friend. And her shopping addiction even cost her her job. Now, because it's a movie, of course, that had a gloriously happy ending where in the end, the girl got the guy back and her best friend back. And she was truly enjoying her new life, which was free of lies, free of deception, and free of shame. For the first time in her life, she actually knew what it felt like to be free and truly, truly happy. And she says, it's amazing what you have time to do when you're not shopping. And instead of a relationship with my credit card, I have a relationship with someone who loves me back and never declines me. My friends, there is life after addiction. It's a freedom and a happiness you haven't felt for a long time. And there's no better time to start than today. Addiction coaching is my jam. So if you or anyone else you know wants to finally break free and get rid of the shame, guilt, lying, and hiding forever, please give me a call. Until next week, please feel free to check out my website, www.happiness-andinsidejob.com. I've got a blog. I've got lots of free videos. Go take advantage of all of them, my friends. I'll see y'all next week.